Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Folks, happy end of August. It's August 28th, 2023. Welcome to Trainwreck Tonight. 306 sponsored by your place to buy a case outlet liquor. You just heard the jingle folks. You know, those delicious thoughts are on your mind of all the drinks, all the spirits that they can offer over there. There is no better place to get your Labor Day weekend started to get your college football week one started than outlet liquor, the place to buy a case. And there's no place to get your autumn, your September started than here on Trainwreck tonight. We're talking the weekend recap with Micah and Slick. We'll be talking the bills wrapping up the preseason We'll be talking all kinds of stuff, all kinds of controversies, and all kinds of events heading into what should be a crazy fall. Let's go. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. Welcome back. Trainwreck tonight, 306 live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and more. Shout out for everyone for following. Uh, let's get them in here. Slick, Saturday, and your friend, my friend, our friend, Jake, Micah. Gentlemen, how are we doing this Monday evening? How is the weekend? How is everything heading into the end of August? It's it, it's it's the time of the year of thriving. Like it's Just looking into the weekend, looking at last weekend, what we had between some Premier League, which I'm a big Premier League guy all of a sudden now, Bill's preseason football, actual college football, AEW all in. It was a weekend to behold. There was some some great golf action, some great baseball action too. Hell of a weekend, and we are just right about time where the dark ages are almost over and uh, football starting up in earnest, college football starting up this week Saturdays. You can't, can't beat that. College football all in. The Bills are teasing us a little bit. I'm getting ready. I'm getting amped up. This is a great time of year. Still betting first fives and nerfies. It doesn't get much better than this, boys. I'm jacked up. Seriously, we've gone from the dark days, the dog days of summer to 
Now it's just fruit ahead. We have week one on the horizon for college football. We have week one on the further horizon for NFL uh, kickoff just about 10 days away in Kansas City. Buffalo uh, on Monday Night Football just 14 days away. Two weeks notice the title of the episode. But yeah, let's get into it. Obviously, we wouldn't be recapping the weekend if we weren't talking AEW all in. Anyone who follows this program, anyone who follows this platform knows that we're all Huge wrestling guys and AEW has sprung onto the scene these last two to three years. Uh, a lot of surprises, a lot of times where I think all of our expectations were met, a lot of times where our expectations were over exceeded, uh, you know, times where barbed wire deathmatch, where our expectations were a little bit let down and things like that uh, as well. 2022, a down year a little bit for uh, AEW. I think all of us would agree, especially the second half, but AEW has had a lot of momentum these last two to three months, and I think it culminated at all in in Wembley. Obviously, that's a tough thing if you're Tony Khan and AEW because you have all out this coming week. But gents, all in was everything I think that any, you know, wrestling fan could have imagined and more. It was spectacular, to say the least. 81,000 people packed into Wembley Stadium across the pond to watch some good old graps. And who does that better than AEW? And you said it, Maniac. Um, They've really come into their own lately. Not like they hadn't before, but things were starting to slow down for them a bit momentum-wise, and WWE was just picking it up. But AEW is gaining that momentum again, and this is one of the most exciting times to be a wrestling fan, and I think ever in my lifetime, for sure. Oh, definitely. In in my watching lifetime, for sure. Like this, I was talking about it earlier with some friends we're literally in uncharted territory at this point with with just what you were watching yesterday it was so surreal like it was so surreal just watching and being like this is not wrestlemania this is not wwe like watching it but the spectacle and it wasn't the same spectacle let's let's get that right like wrestlemania they've just figured it out they were doing it now it's going to be 40 years they know exactly how to get it done they know how to make it look grand they know how to make it just look like a, a perfect spectacle but i think that was the best charm about yesterday was that it still kind of felt like gritty AEW, like the the way the stage was set up, the way just, it wasn't like these, there were some big air entrances, but it was really just kind of like basic stripped down entrances, everything else. And it was just about the wrestling in the ring and the stars shot every star shine through yesterday. Like every match delivered in the way that it should. I feel like at least um, storyline wise, in ring wise, maybe a couple decisions people didn't agree with, but overall, I mean, Top to bottom, I think it's their strongest pay-per-view card they've had yet. I mean, and it's great that it happened at a stadium and on the stage they got to do it yet yesterday. And one of the most common complaints for WWE typically is, you know, the same athletes getting buried, you know, no story progression, things like that. I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly there, Mike. I think everyone who competed in All In yesterday, their stock went up or, or they became a little bit yeah. more of a star with what they did yesterday. So let's get into the matches real quick. Uh, just because I want to talk that I want your guys' opinions on two things uh, specifically. One, the match that surprised you the most, whether it was like way better than you expected, maybe the result surprises you, something like that. And then I want to know your thoughts on the better than Bay Bay fallout, ROH tag team champions, and then that, you know, main event, which is kind of like what the opposite of every major wrestling storyline of all time, basically was what they were going for there. But uh, it's like, why don't you fire us up? What surprised you the most? And then what were your thoughts on better than you? Bye bye. Surprised me the most, I think was, I knew Tony Khan had this, the praise for Soraya, but um, really giving her the spotlight that he did 
It's quite beautiful to see actually dropping all that money on a Queen song to play at Wembley. You don't just give anybody that entrance at Wembley. And Soraya was a bona fide superstar when she was in the wrestling business 10 years ago. And here she is now hoisting a world title at Wembley Stadium in front of her home crowd with her family in attendance. I thought that was beautiful. I don't care if you love her or hate her. Uh, that was a good moment. I think for me, it's tough to pick, but it really came down to three matches that would uh, compete for my favorite. But if I had to pick, I think I'm going to go uh, the Stadium Stampede followed by Bucks and FTR with a close second. Stadium Stampede was absolute chaos, Micah. Yes. And that's what AEW is good at, right? Yeah. I mean, when I was seeing the double cameras, you had you had the you had uh Eddie Kingston and Cesaro in like screen. a box at some point on the split screen. I mean, it was outstanding. It was everything that I look for in, in a stadium stampede match. The orange punch with the shards of glass taped to duct tape hand. Like just that to explain all that. Like it's just it's so smart the way that they made like the heart like it was hardcore and there was a lot of, you know, gross spots, but they were really creative with it. It all kind of made sense within the flow of this chaotic match they had going on. And the one thing about that match is I had a friend who doesn't watch wrestling. He knew all in was going on because I had talked to him about it. And he sends me the bleacher report, Instagram post of just the skewers in Moxley's head, just sticking out. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And that's basically, you know, that's your only thing of seeing all in a casual fan. You see John Moxley, you're probably like, what am I watching? But that's like the epitome of what the difference was with all in in a WrestleMania yesterday is all in was just a celebration of all different styles of wrestling. And it was there was really if you want to pick one favorite match on the card because of a specific reason or a style, like there are things that appeal to everybody, whether it be I think my favorite match of the night outside of the main event, which might be one of my favorite main events ever in like his in the history of wrestling jericho osprey yeah i mean osprey just the the atmosphere for will osprey when he came out to elevated he felt like a huge star as a guy who's not signed to an american company obviously he's making his bones right now in new japan but he's built up such a big name for himself and to have that moment for him and wembley stadium and for tony Khan to do that for a guy that's not even signed to have him in that spot in that moment i mean obviously they're courting him they're, they're trying to plan something out but jericho osprey delivered the way like an undercard singles co-main event whatever you want to call it they delivered it every way and jericho deserves a lot of praise for that too um he, he was it takes two to tango there but that stadium stampede was special but also punk and joe i think punk and joe was my favorite night beside of the night besides uh the main event and it's just it was just a throwback like those two just joe with his you know getting the crowd into it early mm -hmm. and everything else um I, I the finish was a little bit and eh, whatever but it was at least a creative way to do it and i just i just love the atmosphere they kind of built up to open that show and it's kind of real as fuck that cm punk went out there after beating some ass for real to go wrestle like a four-star match in front of eighty thousand people like now now watch go watch that punk entrance now and just imagine Right after that, he had Jack Perry in the headlock. And like you said, like AEW, like that whole event had something that appeals to every type of wrestling fan. You could argue that that was the worst match on the card, depending what you like. Facts. And, and Facts. Some people saw it as the best. To me, I said to my buddy, this is the definition of an ROH fever dream. And I loved every second of it.
Seriously. Um, just chiming in with my favorite match real quick. I mean, it was the one that surprised me the most. It was a high quality match. We were rocking and rolling. We had Ibushi, we had Paige, we had Omega. And all of a sudden, Takeshita rolls him up and, and we get the one, two, three. And that iconic Takeshita Don Callis mix hits for the victory. And I'm just wondering what the hell I just saw. I mean, I feel like, you know, we watch, I know Takeshita is obviously a humongous star. Uh, everything but for fans like me who weren't as familiar i feel like a star was made at, at all absolutely. in yep. absolutely you see how much they they uh really value his talent and stars being made left and right at that show that might have been yep. the biggest statement of trying to build a star and i'm surprised I, it, just real quick I, i'm surprised it hasn't stuck out to me more because i mentioned you guys in the chat yesterday Takesha is six two Like he was looking huge. like a monster in He's there yesterday. Guy. Now, I, and again, I know we typically reserve that for your Omases, your, you know, uh, you know, your, uh, I can't even remember the guy whose name's Satnam Singh. Like, you know, like I know they typically, but when you, get, when you get Omega, you know, Paige and those guys who are a little bit shorter than six foot and you get someone who's six two, Takesha just looks huge. So it was crazy. Some of the moves he was making, but let's talk about it real quick before we get on to our bills, wrapping up the preseason talk. Because we had, we had probably, I mean, I don't think any of us expected an SRS bomb at 1.01 p.m. yesterday. But alas, <laughs> it came when he had found out from sources that Jack Perry and CM Punk had a scuffle in Gorilla or whatever he's called. So I just want to go to, uh, we know what certain people would say on this. I want to go to you guys right now. Knowing what we know about this event, knowing what we know about all this background, what would you do if you were Tony Khan? What would you do if you were AEW management with this situation? So, oh, they're they're fighting it all out for the real world championship. That's, oh that's my god! Why are we suspending them? And 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 the whole story for Perry the whole summer has been: I want a singles title. I want a singles title. It makes all the sense in the world. Just put them in the ring and let them, you know, get a, get two minutes in a chops and let them get at each other and then work a match. That's what needs to happen. I don't know if that's this is happen. this is the CM Punk that was afraid that Hangman Page was going to shoot on him in the ring. So <laughs> is he, is he Jack, afraid of Jack too? We're putting a pissed off Jack Perry in there. I don't know, man, but I I agree. I don't think suspend him. It's hard to go off based on what we know because there's been so many different versions and people saying this isn't true, that isn't true. But man, I'm at this point, and look at this shirt I have on. All right, yeah. Listen, I think we this all is, support CM Punk, the performer. I don't think that's a question yeah, at all. This But is like, getting, it's just a case of like when the, you know, the boy who cries wolf or I guess the boy who cries backstage controversy comes up for the eighth, ninth and 10th time. And again, like I, I was saying on social media yesterday, a lot of wrestlers will just take this and make money off of it. He doesn't even want to make money off of it. It seems like he just wants to cause problems. I, I'm, I'm sick of it. I think... This is two strikes. If there's even a minor, minor third, pack your shit and go, dude. I, I'm serious, dude. Micah, like, would you would you send him off if anything else happened after just, this? I mean, he might be getting sent off right now for all we know. Like at this, this is point, true. It, it, not yet because the United Center is the home of All Out on Sunday. I, I was going to say. That is the trickiest situation now, too, because it's like, yes, they're suspended, but – now I'm just really wondering like how much are they going to work this into like how much of it now, all the leaks that are coming out today, how much of it is like, let's get all this information out. So nobody knows anything that's going on. And then we can like say the investigations over and, and we'll send Jack home and then punk comes back on Sunday, whatever. Like, 
I don't know. It's just everybody's talking today. Everybody's talking. It's like oh, maybe if you all shut up, none of this would be happening. So now I feel like my I like I like your idea though that AEW is just doing what Michael Scott did that one episode when he when he leaked the Stanley rumor. <laughs> So you just start leaking all these rumors so nobody knows what's true. I love it. That's actually a genius idea. They should start saying, like, Tony Khan was throwing punches in the back. Like, are you kidding me? Sean Ross Sapp would do, like, 20 lives in a row if that happened or something. Sean Ross Sapp showed up backstage and hit someone with a frog splash. All I, all I, <laughs> all I know is that poor Tony Khan probably spent six to eight months explaining to Warner Brothers reps don't worry. CM Punk's going to be on his best behavior when he comes back to collision. He's going to be our headliner. He's going to be. And literally six to eight weeks after that happened, we're looking at CM Punk getting suspended again. So it's very unfortunate. With that said, I think we all agree. No better time to be a wrestling fan than right now. My goodness. Whether it's the bloodline and going on over in WWE, this going on AEW, it never stops. Go, Micah. And if whatever happens with Punk now, we, we didn't talk much about Max and Cole. So just to jump into that and looking ahead to next week, I think it was going to be Max and Punk feels like that was what they were the beginning of the pay-per-view end of the pay-per-view with both the world titles in Chicago would have made a lot of sense. I think you got to run Max and Cole back again this week. And I was thinking a steel cage, but now with the five more minutes thing that they've mentioned both times, I think we're getting an Iron Man match at all. Yeah. And that helps fill out that card because it's 60 minutes. And we don't have a lot of matches on that card, but if you just do Max and Cole 60 minutes, who's complaining about that? And it, there's a lot of storyline reason that Cole, Cole, Cole and MJF opening. 60 minutes. You know who's complaining about that? Roderick Strong when he comes out three to four <laughs> separate times to say he's yeah. the best friend. That's I, thought, well, that's, I thought he was going to break into tears. <laughs> but I didn't know what he was on that apron when they're like, hey, what's up with that stupid ass neck brace he's got on, too? Yeah, you ain't hurt anymore. He got up pummeled by Joe, remember, a couple months ago? But yeah, but no like, bro, still come on, that thing's sweaty as all hell. Take it off. <laughs> oh, the thing maniacs. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, so I, I think that, I mean, all out, that's the one thing before we go on to the Bills. All out this week, Sunday, the card is not set, but Dynamite's going to be crazy. And they've never had a show without a world title. They've never had a pay-per-view without a world title match. So yeah. everybody's like, what's the main event going to be? Blah, blah. Like, Max is going to be wrestling in the main event, defending the AEW world title. Against who? Who knows? You know who another person would be very cool to see in this, uh, in this spot? Someone who just had a huge win is Will Ospreay. And if, they're, if they need a quick you know, audible. That's the guy that I think you could pull on who could afford a loss, a cheap loss somehow. And you just put him in that main event. He has a huge win. I don't know. I think the Jericho Sammy thing could accelerate on Wednesday because they didn't do anything at the pay-per-view and that could be a match. That seems like something they could go. Um, I don't know. Swerve Swerve was a guy who looked awesome coming out of this, obviously in a loss, but people love Swerve, man. Could could Sting have his first singles match in AEW with Swerve? It feels like that. If it's going to be anybody, it's going to be with Swerve. So those are the be kind of things match. I'm looking for. Be a great match. I'm sure. I'm sure Sting wouldn't mind. That's for well, sure. Well, I I only come back in. I guess at the good part. Sorry about that. My internet sucks. I'm yelling at you, Spectrum. You suck. You suck. You suck. With that said, I did say that in the chat yesterday. That I mean, my goodness. I know Swerve is over. You know. And, Louisiana or whatever, you know, swerves over in, you know, Chicago. I get it. But when you hear whose house and you hear Wembley 80,000 strong go swerves house, I'm telling you, 
four to six down the months down the line, I want to see him charging. I want I want to see him challenging for a big belt. I don't care whether it's Me the too. real world title or whether it's the triple B. I, I want to see him going after one of those because Swerve definitely has the moxie to carry that for sure. Swerve and CM Punk would go crazy. Oh my god, it would go insane, and it would have people crying tears of joy. Speaking of tears of joy, Phil's Mafia has that for the preseason being done. We are 14 days, one hour, and 38 minutes away from kickoff against the Jets to start the Bills' 2023 season. So with that said, a little bit better of a result in uh, Micah's Chicago. Micah, you were at the game, so without you know trying to get two X's and O's about it, did you like what you saw? Yeah. Yeah. It was a, I think the starters, I mean, they did everything they could have done, especially the offense. It was smooth right down the field. I was really impressed by the, some of the runs they were able to get right up the middle that like, it looked like, you know, we're at an angle and the way they were going down, like you, there were huge holes for James Cook to get six, seven yards. If they're going to be able to do that on first down all year long, this offense is going to be in great shape. So that was the biggest thing I was excited about. Um, non game wise soldier fields, beautiful, horrible to walk to and get to, but it's a beautiful stadium. Saw Captain. So that was like the, the highlight of the day. Ran into our old friend El Capitan. Uh, was, he with his, was he with his boy Big Cat watching the game? Yeah, him and Big Cat rolled deep, rolling deep at Soldier Field. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good it was a good showing by the offense, defense. I mean, Christian Benford looked good. There were a couple nice plays there. That's what I'm most excited about. But it's gonna be an incomplete there. They didn't really run fields a lot, and he came out a little bit afterwards so we'll see what happens but i th I feel like b plus optimistic going into the season i think b plus okay where were you after the pittsburgh game like a d plus no i was still like b plus i, I was know. at like a c i'm not a preseason person you got it you got to be worried a little bit though you don't think that offensive line work had a little bit to do with it with a big week of practice well, after they looked like a mess against <laughs> pittsburgh the O line's the biggest worry in general. So like yeah. that's like that's where it's not an A to a B plus all summer, anyways. But Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh looked like the Steelers just like were ready to come and the Bills were like not want did not want to be there, did not want to play that game, or just thought they were gonna be able to play like an extended scrimmage and the Steelers were like, nah, we're we're working here, we're getting shit in. So that's it felt like more motivation to me, but maybe it maybe it is something to go. But remember a couple of years ago too. When the Steelers and Bills played that week one yeah, game, the no, home the Steelers were going to win that game. And the Steelers just bodied them physically up and down the field. So I feel like it was kind of that similar style of game on the preseason. I was just going to say it reminded me a lot of that game, not to mention the fact it was the two same teams. I was impressed to see Damian Harris fitting right in to the offense, getting the first touchdown, going right down the field. That's awesome. You know, he was a, a great bench running back for me at before I retired from fantasy football always get me like those little extra points that I needed to get a win over. And, uh, you know, he's with the good guys now. So it's good to see him putting up points for the bills and not the Patriots. Seriously. Um, with that said, I know we're getting into cut downs and trying to check Twitter right now, seeing if we got anything going on. Um, with that said, you guys worried about anybody not potentially making the roster. Unfortunately, you know, across the league, we're seeing cuts and everything. Fortunately, our guy from UB, Jarrett Patterson, got cut from Washington. Uh, some people are saying, you know, bring him in as a depth guy, but I think the Bills have enough running backs. Um, you know, like names like Andy, Isabella, things like that. Anyone you guys are have an eye on as, as we go down to cut downs here for the Bills? You, Michael? I'm looking more at the two guys, two guys that got released today. Christian Kirksey is Twitter, Bills Twitter's darling today, got released from the Texans. I think we need 
that we need linebacker help. And if it's if it's a depth guy, whatever. But I was not impressed by Dodson, Klein, or or any of those guys. Isabella, I'm not. I don't think he's going to make the roster either. Feels like a practice squad guy at this point. They've got more invested into Shorter and Shakir to keep around. Um, and they, I think they should explore a backup quarterback. I mean, I know it's not the big. It's not the biggest thing. And if Allen gets hurt, Josh Allen, things are going to be bad anyways. But Kyle Allen just he just looks too. It's not even like that he can't make plays. He just looks too like chaotic to trust as a backup. Like I feel like it's way too sure. Like you don't know what you're getting. And I'd rather have a guy who has a consistent floor, like maybe doesn't have as high of a ceiling. Um, so who knows what they're going to target. If there's Kate, I mean, Case Keenum, if he's the third string guy, could they make a late trade for him in Houston? If Davis Mills is the backup, it could Davis Mills be a guy. I know people talk about Malik Willis uh colt mccoy got cut today so like, like those are there are options out there if they think they can improve on that position i think that they should it's very funny to me just seeing so many people be like bring in malik willis and then seeing so many people bring in like colt mccoy i get the reasons for both it's just funny because they seem like two completely different quarterbacks completely you know, different, malik yeah. willis was essentially a blank slate but the pro of it would be if you like if josh did get hurt or needed a miss time or something he could kind of go fill in the physical act, like, you know, what Josh gives you from that, you know, regard. On the other thing, Colt McCoy and Josh Allen, like, probably can't be any different, like, physically for quarterbacks, you know, if it's even possible. Uh, but obviously you're bringing in his veteran, you know, know-how and everything like that. I don't know who I would truly want uh, under McDermott because I feel like either way he would find a way to – I think I've said this on the show before too, like, hold the other team to, like, 16 points or something and yeah. make them play in a phone booth. But again, it, let's go back to this topic real quick. Do the Bills need need any ED to bring in a backup quarterback? I don't think so. I'm going to reference your tweet. Uh, was it today? The last three today. backup Super Bowl quarterbacks. No, no one would have fucking guessed those guys. Yeah, nobody. And if you're telling me you would, that's a damn lie. Um, I no, I don't think they do need it. Uh, would I be opposed to bringing in a guy like Case Keenum? No, not really. But I think you also said this earlier, Maniac, on an earlier train wreck tonight. If Josh is gone, we're fucked. Yeah, it's over. Like, I don't get why people like, like, the only thing that makes people think we'd still have a shot is the run of Nick Foles and the Eagles uh, six years ago. That's the only thing. There's yeah. no other, like, barometer throughout nfl history where it's like oh hey this backup came yeah. in and led them all the way to like the super bowl it doesn't happen it just simply doesn't happen so it's not worth spending and, our time worrying about truthfully and with nick Foles, say, that team turned Carson happen, it did also kind of happen with kaepernick but that was even longer ago so that's fair that's fair but with Sorry, nick Jake, Foles, that, carson wentz was about to be an mvp candidate before he got hurt like that that's team was so ready cool. to win no matter yeah. who was playing yes. quarterback too you know that's it yeah. Same with that Niners team, too. Alex yeah, I was Smith, thinking, yeah, Kaepernick, yeah. it didn't matter who you put in there. You got Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis at the linebacker. No one's scoring points on you except well the Ravens. Well said. Uh, so with that two weeks away, what's your biggest uh, – you know, okay, let's say this. Outside of the O-line and middle linebacker, what are your, what are your biggest concerns for this team for two weeks from now in, in New Jersey? Yeah. Uh... Well, D, the D-line getting pressure. If, if Von Miller is not playing week one, they need to hit Aaron Rodgers. If he has time, 
and that out that that Jets O line is not supposed to be good. They're, the reports are still not good. They're working a lot on it. I mean, Rogers had a big I, press conference backing up Makai Becton. Like it's, it, I, I know well. I'm not the only person to say this, but I feel like we could hit Aaron Rodgers enough week one yes. to where he could retire. <laughs> I think old men do not like getting hit, bro. Dude, when you see offensive line. It, at first, I thought it was just me when the first image of Aaron Rodgers, like in a Jets jersey, came out. But he literally looks like a frail old man. He looks oh, like yeah. if he takes a straight up shot, like it would just be like well, you or I taking a straight up shot. Have you see how much lost, mass he lost? lost? I was well. He lost some. He moved from Wisconsin to New York, so there's there's just got to be some natural food. And he's like, doing a bunch of hallucinogens. He's not eating shit. He went from he went from Wisconsin dairy to gluten free. So it's he not went speed in a cave for four fucking days. What are we talking about here? <laughs> also, if we do anything, I agree, Micah. If Vaughn's back and we do anything to Rogers, like we did to Mike White. Yeah, it might be a career. We might be getting the we might be getting the paramedics on the field if we do anything to Aaron Rodgers like we did to Mike White. Because yeah. shout out to Mike White, that's tough, tough son of a gun, uh, staying in that game after that. But I think for me, maybe secondary. I don't know. Rodgers was throwing some dimes in preseason. You know, we got to be on our game when it comes to that. We can't take this game lightly. I'm looking to make a statement. So defense for me, big time. Seriously, defense big time. Uh, it was so-and-so on the defense in week zero of CFB. Micah, I know we were targeting a number of games. Ohio, unfortunately, let us down with Rourke getting hurt and everything. Uh, were you satisfied with the week O slate, or did it leave you only wanting more? Well, it just, nah, it just made me locked in. We have a great week one slate. But um, I guess just the biggest two surprises, biggest things coming out of this weekend are USC – might not might be a little bit too overhyped because that defense is still going to be a problem as amazing as Caleb is and Notre Dame might not be getting hyped up enough I know it's against Navy but Sam Hartman was awesome at Wake Forest for the last couple years and he stepped in and that just that if you watch Notre Dame play football at all last year and then watch them two days ago it looked like a different sport compared to the offense they were doing last year so that Notre Dame team looks really good they have a amazing matchup in i believe two weeks uh, hosting ohio state so we're gonna learn a lot about them there but i think that's the biggest thing those two rivals usc i'm not as high on and notre dame i'm much higher on coming out of this weekend it it is very hard to believe that ufc usc is gonna waltz into another division as good as big 10 and do Oh, there yeah. are, those are those over unders are going to be seventy plus every game, like you yeah. said with that offense, Micah. It's I mean that or sorry that defense for USC. If you're getting torn up by San Jose State, and with all due respect, they were kind of getting torn up despite what this, the final score ended up being. Uh yeah, some Big Ten teams are going to have field days against you. We're talking 400, 500 yards. Now again, they will have time before that. Obviously, that switch uh, completes and everything like that. But yeah, my goodness, I mean some of the scores you'll be seeing, it's going to be crazy, and that'll probably be the case this weekend. Uh, we obviously we don't have any huge premier matchups like I think last year we had OSU. Sunday will Sunday, Sunday will. we got Florida State LSU so that'll be good that'll be all Mike right. Mike coming that's, in that's with dur- authority. That's that's right there at all out though so it's not. A, yeah, not a I don't know. I don't know why you're hyping that one up for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it for the rest of the world. We got Thursday Florida Utah. Just interesting to see where Florida's at. Graham Mertz there. Utah obviously is solid. What about Coach Prime, Maniac? 
Are you ready I'm for Coach Prime's debut? I, I, am re- I, am, I am excited and ready for Coach Prime. I don't know what's going to happen. I could see them winning by 21. I could see them losing by 21. So I am very excited. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen the commercials. Too legit oh, to quit. Bro, it's like it's him giving like motivational talks like in like multiple different scenes. And then at the end, it goes, can one man change everything? <laughs> so if they, they go brought in, out, if they go in week one and get blown out, God, they, brought in 53, they brought in 53 new players. They brought in an NFL roster to this Dude, program. Yeah, like, like as as Coach Brian said, like. he, he was bringing his luggage. He was bringing his luggage. So not <laughs> and, surprised, but and he was I mean, checking the luggage too. He didn't have no carry-ons. Isn't it basically <laughs> like a like a guarantee? Like like you're you almost can't have that amount of turnover and have a successful NFL or football team. Like you see it in the NFL when teams yeah. try to have these huge off seasons, it rarely works. And yeah, I think yeah. you see it in college now that the transfer portal is becoming a little bit more prominent. You can't just overhaul an entire team and expect to go out the gate week one with a ton of success. I don't think. Can you? I think Especially that's the thing that's team most that was just in the national championship. That's a problem. They're at TCU, so it's going to be popping there. But the thing about the Colorado, they were so terrible last year. They were one and eleven. Like yeah. you really can't get worse. So did he bring in enough talent where they could be four and eight? And that's an improvement. If they're four and eight and they're competitive in like three of those losses, that's like that's like fifteen steps from where they the program is, was. Is so that like, what's, still a what's failure though with all this Coach Prime hype? That's what I mean. I don't know. Like, well, I think Colorado will be happy with it, but what will what will the national media and what will recruits think if Coach Prime don't uh, don't deliver right away? We got a Ohio State, Indiana as well. The yep. first Big Ten. This is the first time the Big Ten's ever played in Week One, or or a second time, second year in a row they played games in Week One. Ohio State at Indiana. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet, but Marvin Harrison Jr., Egbuka. You excited? I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say. I mean, I. I. You know, you could have said the same thing for USC against San Jose State, and you would have been wrong. Uh, good luck to Indiana because the way that season <laughs> ended for Ohio State, uh, something tells me that they haven't been thinking about anything but this next game for the last eight months. I was there. I was in attendance. Ohio State, That's Georgia. Nice. There were about to be seventy thousand Georgians. New Year's Eve was about to be ruined when all of a sudden the OSU kicker pulls it left. And I've never seen anything like a New Year's celebration or like a kicker missing a, a field goal to send them to the college football final. But at midnight. At midnight, I'm telling you, it was surreal. It was surreal. But with that said, I know that, you know, Marvin Harris, Abuka, all those guys you said, they're definitely ready. I would say Ohio State maybe first half, like minus 17 or something is the play to me. I don't know if they're going to cover in the end, but uh, my goodness, yeah, I think they're going to be shot out of a cannon. Um, The only one that looks like it's like a top, you know, 25 matchup that it should be relatively close, North Carolina um, on the road at South Carolina. Uh, North Carolina only a two and a half point favorite. Keep in mind, North Carolina has started the last couple years up there in the ranks because of uh, Mac Brown and stuff. I feel like they've always started slow. So maybe that might be something to look out for. I think at Virginia Tech, they lost to open the season a couple years ago and then last year uh, yeah. struggled out the gate. But yeah, it's super exciting. Cannot wait uh, for obviously, you know, college football week one. It's the best of us. Um, we're going to have action. Let's see, what do we got all day? Or we, have a, ton of, we have a ton of action Our on Thursday. Thursday. We have a ton of action on Thursday. Uh, we got what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about 10 games there. We got about five to six games on Friday, including Miami of Ohio at Miami, Florida. Only a 17-point spread there. Surprising? A little, little bit. bit. 
little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, let's face it, because yeah. you know Miami. I mean, let's face it. I, I I don't know how Miami of Florida is pumped up for that game, but you know Miami Ohio is shot out of their skin for that one. Yeah, so, the real the real Miami championship. <laughs> you think we can expect some Mac shenanigans, uh, Micah? Uh, maybe from Miami, but you brought up Kent earlier. Kent State, do not bet on them any games this year. They lost basically their whole roster. They're going to lose like 70 to nothing Thursday to UCF. That South Carolina game, though, I wanted to mention, there's a guy on South Carolina. Now, Drake May is going to be the star of this North Carolina quarterback. He's going to be the pick behind Caleb Williams this year. We're going to hear about him endlessly. Nicholas Harbor from South Carolina. He is a true freshman wide receiver this year. He is 6'5", 243 pounds, sorry, and he can run a 10-22 to 100-meter dash. This guy is number one on the athletics freaks list, athletic freaks list in college football, and I am so excited to see this dude. He, they won a bunch of recruiting battles against Georgia, Bama, all the top teams to bring him to South Carolina. I am so excited to see what this dude looks like on a football field because he might be the next Calvin Johnson for all we know with those kind of stats, six, five, two forty three, And you can run a 10 second, hundred meter dash. Like, yeah, that's nuts. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> I'd look for a sprinkle on South Carolina in that one. I would. Oh, for sure. I mean, let's face it. A home team against a ranked team. The only one who's close to even a pick them. I think that's yeah, South Carolina's must be, especially with the way they ended last year, they were on fire. Yeah. The two and a half tells you everything. I feel like for that. Seriously, yeah. seriously. Um, what do, what do we think about our Bulls, though? Real quick. Our Bulls? Okay, so here's the deal. Wisconsin getting a whole new coach. Are they going to be, like, run out of the building? Uh, obviously, as Wisconsin is trying to – they got, what, Coach Chris now? They're trying to go to uh, – Luke high Fickle. School. Or, sorry, Fickle. They, they got rid of Chris to go to Fickle. I'm yes. sorry. Got rid of Chris to go to Fickle. And he's trying to do a high-flying, you know, no-huddle offense or whatever, which is basically the anti-Wisconsin – I think that this is going to take some time and UB covers this weekend for sure. It's a lot of points to cover. I kind of agree with you. I don't yeah. know if we can squeeze a win out by any means, but, you know, 28 and a half is very doable. Well, just UB in general, though. We're in year three now of, Mo Link, of Mo's build, right? Like, this should be the year where we really, like, whether whatever happens in Wisconsin, and obviously a good showing in Wisconsin, like you said, they're going to be there's going to be some growing pains with that Wisconsin team and a new offense and everything else but this seems like the year for them in the mac east like the mac east feels like it's as open as it's been in the last couple i mean kent like we said is not going to be a good team again this year it's probably going to be ou miami up there at the top but i feel like this is the year where the build for mo is like kind of make or break like he's had, got his guys in they've looked they looked really good last year in spurts it was just a lot of close games a lot of things they feel like they can break through though this year i mean it just Feels like that roster is ready for it. For sure. We got one of the best safeties in the country going into his senior season, looking to make a statement again. My boy, Fook. Shout out, Marcus Fuqua. Looking yes, to get sir. it done. Seriously, All-American looking to repeat at UB. Um, all right, as we wind down here on Train Arc tonight, 306, brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Um, obviously, last week was a tough week. Uh, we had the passing of Wyndham Rotunda. We had the passing of um, – sorry – Terry Punk. Terry, Terry Punk and yes. obviously uh, Rick Jenneret, uh, fame savers, legendary announcer. They had the uh, memorial at Key Bank Center yesterday. A lot of nice speakers. Lindy Ruff, uh, you know, uh, Marty, uh, Brian Duff, uh, kind of talking everything go through. But I got to bring this up. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter whether it's at a memorial event or anything like that. 
we had a little controversy. Apparently, someone was putting their bare feet up on the uh, seats. So, oh. I, so you can see the commenting here. I'm trying to see. Can I pull this up? Okay, so hold on. Let's pull this up. So here you go. First off, this is the, this is the image in question here. Throw the flag. Oh. Throw um, the flag. So now this was apparently causing such a hubbub on the, the on the, on the Facebook that like posts were getting deleted and things were getting good. and then again I don't want to like dox this lady I guess but just saying obviously if anyone doesn't like it they could just ask her to move or whatever I mean this is obviously bonkers and ridiculous right like is this even worth assessing how crazy this is, bro? That, that's me, like no, but no. go ahead. You just, no, she's just that's not house trained. Like, I wouldn't. Would you ever take your shoes off in a arena? Oh, I do want to say this. My first thought was, would I do this at a three hour movie in like a virtual empty movie theater? Where socks dark, off, though, too. Where yeah, no, but, but the socks off is absolutely the socks off and the feet up are the are the most bonkers part of it. For this. sure. Okay, the the socks and the feet up for sure. Nuts. But the question now comes to my mind is what was on her feet to begin with? Was it just some slides? Was it some, was it some, flip, was it some flip-flops? Cause like, then it's like, okay, I get it a little bit more. Would I still put my bare feet on a seat at the key bank center while RJ's being yeah. memorialized? Absolutely fucking not. But, but maybe, you know, maybe she should prepare, put, put some shoes on, put some sneakers on before you go to the thing. Yeah, you man, I'm, <laughs> I'm just talking about the the bare feet. That was advocate. I feel it. That's not my choice. I don't know what other choices she may have made. Something tells me maybe some other bad ones in the past. But hey, you do you, lady. We'll see. I mean, that was just absolutely. We'll see I, I click into the. I click into Facebook literally just going to check the noties to see like what's going on in the pages and everything. And that I mean that was all over every Savers page. So quite quite crazy, uh, quite ridiculous for sure. Um, before we wind down here. <laughs> U.S. Open uh, started today. Uh, we got the action rocking and rolling. On the men's side, obviously, odds are saying it'll be Alcaraz and Djokovic again. Women's side, a little bit more wide open. You guys got anything, any leans or anything you're targeting for these next two, two and a half weeks? Well, I've um, been ripping Alcaraz for like the last four tournaments, so I'm yeah. just going to uh, keep going with that pretty if much. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Guys, peak yeah, it right exactly. I think a, a exactly. sprinkle to maybe do well. This, this is uh, Isner's last tournament, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. could you know? Could we see a fairy tale ending? Who knows? I'm not saying he's <laughs> gonna win. If Isner wins the U.S. Open, I will dress <laughs> as Isner for for the Bills home opener. All right, I'll take you up on that. But okay, obviously, I'm looking at my favorites. You know, yeah, Je- Jesse, Iga, Rebecca. Jesse, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it'll be Carlos and Djokovic. I think that'll be the final to come in a lot of these majors for the next two to three years similar to Federer and all kind of stuff so yeah folks we uh, are just jesse's tomorrow right jesse, yep. tomorrow, he opens up tomorrow yep yep he opens uh no well the women already started no i mean she opens the day though oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think i think she's the first one okay i might be live streaming in class hope my professors aren't watching i mean but... you gotta you gotta love a sports betting action during during the the course of the work week for sure Absolutely. Can't beat that. All right. Hey, speaking of which, thanks for tuning in with us here on Trainer Tonight 306. Make sure you're following our panel at Jake underscore Micah, I believe it is. or And at underscore at the end. Just put Jake Micah in a pop-up. There you go. Your friend, my friend, our friend. Uh, Any shout-outs before we sign off here? 
Um, not like you mentioned, we th- there is like so much loss last week in all our world. Bob Barker, too. Just just Bob Barker. Just reach out to your loved ones. You never know what like what's gonna happen in the world. It's life's too short. Don't take it for granted. Don't hold grudges. Say hi to everybody. Give a give a friend a call. Say I love you. Whatever. Just go love everybody. We don't need this negativity in the world. Go go stay positive. It was a crazy week. A lot of emotions for a lot of people, I'm sure. So yeah, just Stay positive. Keep your head up, everybody. Anybody's out there struggling, and uh, yeah, all love here from Trainwreck. Tough Mike one for up. me. To, tough one for me to swallow, but don't hold grudges for sure. It's like, what do you got? <laughs> I both of you preach into the choir. Shout out to you boys. Shout out to everybody watching. Shout out to Jesse Pagula. Let's go win this U.S. Open. Let's go. Yes. Let's go win it all, and you can win it all. Make sure you're following along on all the platforms here for Trainwreck. Sorry, Slick. Apple, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube. I'll let that man take my spot any day of the week. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. Make sure you're following along. Make sure you're following all the action for when we're at Buffalo Wing Festival this weekend, DDZ for all the college football week one action. And, folks, we are just 14 days, one hour, and 15 minutes away from Buffalo Bills football. So suit up, strap in, and let's have a good night now.